Execute Order 66. Yes, Lord Sidious. Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. Got a bad feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. Ha 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 ha. Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends. Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Meriden, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast on the No One Is Listening podcast network. And joining me on this very special May the 4th edition of the Star Wars friends are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I'm pretty sure that Captain Rex uh, prescribes to the Kenobi rule of the truth. Ooh. <laughs> From a certain point of view. <laughs> That'll be a fun fun debate here later on. Yes. Uh, this is this is Justin, and uh, I'm sorry, Dave, but uh, I'm going to have to send you my therapy bill when this is all over, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be there for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty heavy, and we have... A beautiful announcement to make. We have we have kind of teased it on social media for the last week. I am so happy to introduce our newest Star Wars friends, regular host, Maggie Lovett. What is happening, Maggie? Welcome hey. to Star Wars Friends. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes. And since everyone's going, going to be listening to this on May the 4th, I hope everyone put uh, chalky milk and chicken nuggets out for the child to visit them on yes. May the 4th. I feel oh. like we need a celebratory sand person like, like this. Yes, I love it. And Maggie, we are so happy that you are part of our show. Your perspective is is a perspective that we we sorely missed on our show. We've been talking about it for a long time, ever since you had joined us, you know, months ago as a guest. It just made perfect sense to have you be part of the Star Wars Friends and bring your voice to the community. I know a lot of people are going to be definitely stoked about this. I mean, you have made a name for yourself very quickly in the Star Wars podcast community, and we couldn't be happier for you to join us and and we can learn from you. I mean, that's that's the other part of this is that this is an inclusive podcast. We want a voice that represents everyone in the community and you definitely take up a large portion, a large voice in that community. And that's, I mean, that's what it really is all about. We want to speak to everyone that we can in a positive way. So thank you uh, for being here with us and for the long haul, welcome. And then now you're going to get annoyed with all of our text threads and all that stuff, so... <laughs> So that, that was our number one concern was whether or not you could um, 
you could handle <laughs> the obnoxiousness of the group chat. Oh yeah, and I've scaled I've scaled it back too. <laughs> Definitely. Seriously? Oh come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it can get really crazy in the in the chat, uh, especially with a lot of like collector stuff. Justin and I like to go off on stuff, and then Josh is always sending things. Kyle's. It can go real crazy. So just prepare yourself as we get a little bit more comfortable in the thread. It might just <laughs> go from like forty messages to like three hundred and fifty messages a day. So we'll see <laughs> where that goes. But this is a huge week. This is a huge, huge week. As I mentioned, this is our May the 4th episode. Uh, It's episode 35 for the Star Wars friends, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Okay. 35. Yeah, yeah so. that's kind of cool. Um, so this is huge. There's so much news. There's so much ground to cover. Obviously, Kyle hasn't introduced himself yet, but we hope that he joins us as we record this. Uh, Kyle was on a camping trip, and I believe he's on his way back, so he might jump in halfway through this episode to uh, load, lay down some Clone Wars knowledge on us, but we'll do the best we can in his absence. But before we get into Clone Wars, there's a lot of news. There is so much Mm. news happening. We want to address one of those things that we've been doing over the last few weeks, which is, of course, our Star Wars Celebration countdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, 17 weeks-ish, and... They just, Reed Pop just sent out one of the most vague emails <laughs> I have ever read in my life. It basically said, Star Wars Celebration is happening until it's not. And there's nothing to yeah. announce, so just assume it's still happening until it doesn't. I mean, that's basically what it says. I'm not going to read the email, but... We've talked about this. We're keeping now. an eye on it. Yeah, we're, just, we're monitoring the situation. Um, the have whole state of California is closed down. But uh, have you guys ever seen that uh, photo of the guy mowing his lawn and there's like a huge yes. tornado in yes. the field behind him <laughs> and it says yes. like he says he was keeping an eye on it. Like that's what I f- read. Pop is that guy with the lawnmower and COVID is the, is <laughs> that the is tornado. a perfect analogy. That is a perfect yeah, analogy. Is. So he, you know, as I've said, I I firmly believe that read pop is has already made the decision to cancel this as i mentioned earlier i do have friends that work with repop information got over through a second source i'm not going to name who but basically someone i trust has 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 told me that repop has canceled this event as of weeks ago and what what they're basically waiting for is to mitigate liability right so star wars fans myself included i'm guilty of this we get really been out of shape when when there's like weird things that happen like oh let's cancel celebration and then you're just going to see like fandom blow up at that point so what i believe read pop is trying to do is wait till the state of california is unequivocally like yo dude we can't do anything in the month of august and september and then they'll they'll say well look California shut it down. So like, it's not our fault. Sorry guys. And then that will mitigate the the fan backlash, but here we've already prepped. We hope that our listeners on the star Wars friends that we're going to celebration have already prepped for this. We're going to do our best to kind of fill in the blanks. I do. I do feel strongly that read pop is going to do some type of digital convention format with Q and A's with a lot of the actors and um, creatives that were involved with empire strikes back. I don't think they're going to let that window of time, the 40th anniversary fall to the wayside. So we'll see. I know they're doing some experimental convention tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of details on it or uh, tomorrow today. When this episode releases on May the 4th, they're doing some type of digital convention and that should be their primer to say, Hey, we have the technology to do this. Let's just roll it out digital. I, you know, the only thing I want out of this is them to say, Hey, we, we have, 
our next date, you know, it's going to be in 2021 or whatever it is. And anyone that pre-ordered exclusive items will still get those exclusive items. And then there's some type of digital shop that they have set up for the items they have produced already that they were planning on distributing. So that's my only two asks. Are there anything that, that any of you have thought about that you want out of the cancellation of celebration? I know that's like, it's not cool to say on May the 4th, but <laughs> it's the, it's the truth. So is there anything that you would want out of this? I mean, personally, I'm excited at the prospect of it being delayed until the following year because I can go. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so. we can totally make that happen. And uh, that I was actually thinking about that the other day. I think I put it in the text thread. I think it would be, you know, that would be fun to to plan a podcast, you know, have enough, have more time to plan a podcast. And then we could do a huge event and then you would obviously now be part of that. So that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you guys are not, <laughs> if you guys don't want anything, or I'm sorry, bummed you out uh, with all that. But uh, you know, I think we were all just waiting for someone else to talk. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah. I, Go ahead, Josh. I want the same thing you want, Chris, and I, 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 I want uh, stuff to. I want to. I still want to get those trailer reveals or like news about upcoming projects, that kind of stuff, and to be able to get my hands on that 40th anniversary merch. And get yes. the stuff that I've already um, ordered. So, yeah, I think the hard part will, I think that probably that's the biggest part in their decision, right? Is do you postpone everything? Let's say you move it to spring of next year, right? Do you go ahead and release that exclusive merch or those tidbits and then still do it? Cause then you've basically taken away everything that you were going to release at your convention for the next spring, right? Yeah. So there's nothing there's no big news anymore. So I think that's probably what they're deliberating is should we still go ahead and release all this stuff or hold it until we reschedule it or postpone it for next year, if they do that or don't reschedule it, go ahead and release the stuff due to your point, an online convention. And then we'll look for star Wars celebration two years later or another year later or something like that. Two years would be heavy. Two years is, Oh, that's a really long time. I know. But I I just I think that's what probably the biggest deliberation is, is what do we do with all this stuff in the news that we were going to release? Should we continue to release it at that time or wait? Yeah. And speaking of speaking of merch, there's some Empire Strikes Back merch appearing at Target's Uh, group. I met on Facebook, found some of the 40th anniversary merch. Yeah. And we're all we're here for all of it. (laughs) If anyone's listening and you find links to any of that Empire Strikes Back merch, please send it over to SW Friends Show on all of our platforms and share it so we can then blast it out to our community. But yeah, that that Target merch is pretty slick. I saw a Mandalorian lunchbox recently that just got put out. That was pretty sweet. So, yeah, I mean. Sorry for the depressing news to kick off our show, but I do have some exciting positive news. Oh, got something else to celebrate. What's that? Oh, somebody's a daddy? Oh, Justin coming in strong this week. Brought a beautiful baby girl into the world. Justin, congratulations. Well, you're part of the team. You're part of the team. Yes, I'm, I'm on board. So <laughs> my midichlorians, I guess you could say. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. Um, we're, we're so happy yes, for you, Justin. We, we had a, a beautiful baby girl, um, Lucia Jade. Not to be confused with Mara Jade. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, of course. Lucia Jade. Um, and uh, she, yeah, April 29th. She That's was born awesome. early in the morning. So, yeah, we're pretty su- super excited. 
running on little little sleep at night, but we're doing good. So we're yeah. doing okay. That's crazy, man. I'm so happy for you. Have you? Uh, if I got to ask the question. I mean, are you? Do you have the Star Wars onesie yet? Do you have like the the Baby Yoda like baby knit hat yet? You know anything like well, that? I, in the I works? am not attractive in a Star Wars onesie. <laughs> That's just something people don't want to see. <laughs> she, she does have. Um, we we bought some some outfits uh, for when she's a little bit older. Cause like yeah. really this fall she'll be able to wear some like cuter outfits cause she'll be a little bit bigger. Um, but she does have like this cool, like sugar skull R2D2 shirt, um, with like C3PO head on it and, awesome. and like a little skirt and stuff. And then, um, my mother-in-law just sent over a little, it's like black. It has like little millennium Falcons and, um, tie fighters and X wings all over it. Nice. Uh, and then um, my sister actually just sent the knitted uh, little Yoda head yes. cap yes. and the little yes. brown uh, brief covers. And it comes with like <laughs> this little knitted Star Wars lightsaber. Oh, it's so a little sweet. on the floppy side. So yeah, yeah. It looks a little <laughs> oh, weird. No. Yeah. Um, but we have some we have some plans uh, for the fourth. Um, we're going to get dressed up. I'm going to actually put on um, my Jedi uh, stuff and probably my TIE fighter oh, cool. outfit and my nephews are getting all dressed up in their like Star Wars Halloween costumes that they have nice. for basically next Halloween. And we're going to celebrate Star Wars Day virtually. Very cool. Aww. Very cool. Sweet. Yeah. Love that. There's so, so she, much pictures. Pictures will be coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's so much Star Wars baby stuff. I was surprised mm-hmm. by how much there there was because I don't have a child. But when I went to celebration last year, you know, all those vendors had not only, you know, baby clothes and baby accessories. They had like a ton of pet stuff, too. I, I mean, I yeah. was amazed with how many vendors are out there that have that. So if you're listening and you have a, a Star Wars baby vendor or a, a pet vendor, Send them, send over the links. We want to promote them. We want to know who they are. There's a lot of good stuff out there on Etsy too. So there's a lot of independent makers that make some really cute stuff out on Etsy. Um, But thank you to everybody that shouted out some love to us on Twitter. Really, really appreciate it. Um, We're excited for our young Padawan. So. That's yeah. awesome, man. So happy yeah. for you. Thank so you. happy for you. Now, one thing that we can maybe half celebrate was our live chat the other day, our uh, our breakfast with Bendu <laughs> live chat. That was just the weirdest uh, set of circumstances that I've encountered uh, doing this. So, you know, we had we we were rocking and rolling, having our breakfast with Bendu. Right. And we had our good friend Lauren from the Galactic Podcast joining us. And all of a sudden our feed just got cut. And we're, we're, all of us were kind of just sitting there stunned. And it was one of the weirdest things that happened. We go, okay, maybe there's a technical difficulty. And then we we relaunched the, the show and we're starting to get everyone back in and we're on social. We're like, all right, we're ready to go. Everything's cool. And then, of course, it gets cut again. And then it we try it again and it gets cut again. And we are just seriously at this point trying to do our best not to... I guess get really angry because we're a stay positive podcast, but it was very frustrating (laughs) because, you know, so many people from around the world join us on these live chats and we, and we started seeing more and more people join us right before it got cut off. And I know that we have a lot of star Wars friends over in Europe that love this time frame because they can join us. It's not 2 AM in the morning. It's not three in the morning for them. So, um, I do, I do want to apologize to anybody that tried to get on the live chat or went to YouTube and saw, a dead link. Uh, this was out of our hands. So we're trying to figure out what really happened with YouTube. Apparently their 
Their reasoning behind it was it was a violation of terms of service. We got some email from YouTube and they made it seem like we got flagged for something uh, by potentially maybe someone or an autonomous bot since uh, they claim that all of YouTube staff apparently is not working right now or some like bogus weird reason. All I know is we're going to keep doing the live chats. We're not going to stop. It definitely, we did the full show on Facebook. So if you're listening to us right now, you want to jump in on a live chat. Facebook is totally, was legit. So at facebook.com, is it backslash or forward slash? I never remember. It's at SW Friends Show. So you can find us either way by just finding Star Wars Friends Podcast on Facebook. We're going to do that again this Saturday. So I believe it'll probably. Congratulations to our winner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christina. Our trivia stuff. Fun fact about Christina. Christina emailed the show, show at Star Wars Friends. Do you know that that's Christina from Fulcrum Dawn? Is it really? Yes, it is. So now I'm really glad I could help her out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she emailed. She's like, I didn't want to make a a thing of that on the show, but it's me. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, you know, that's that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So super cool. Now, um, another exciting May the 4th news, especially for us collectors is the Hasbro Fan Friday event that just happened this past Friday where they announced a ton of new collectibles. And I know that I got hit up by some of my friends like, what'd you get? What'd you get? And, you know, I'm moving. I just bought a house. I'm trying to hold back, but it didn't stop me from getting that Boba Fett prototype helmet or the Han Solo mm-hmm. and Carbonite. <laughs> um, but I, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of held back a little bit. So here's the thing. I, I just want to, I want to put out a couple points before Justin, you take over and give your and give your thoughts. Number one, I'm upset with the Han and Carbonite figure. Okay, it's it is an Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary figure that has the card photo from Return of the Jedi. So right then and there, someone didn't do their research, and it, I I don't even know if I want to display it. I might. It's only 15 bucks, so that's why I was like, ah, whatever. But it's the wrong card back, bro. I don't, I'm already upset about it. And I hope that they change it before they uh, ship it out. They won't, they won't. Uh, but the other thing that I thought would have been super, super awesome for longtime collectors is that they released Forlom and Zuckus in six inch yes. black series form. Why did they not swap the names? Like they did. No, they, they no, they did. Is Forlom so, yeah. over Zuckus and Zuckus is over Forlom? Yeah. No, they did. That's what I'm pretty sure they did that because they were. I know I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, we're going to have to fact check. They did it to throw it back to what the original ones were. That's the whole reason I ordered that. Two, Dude. two pack set. Well, that's what Swank and I were talking about last night. Uh, so Jason Swank from Rebel Force Radio, he's like my my best collector friend. We we literally just talk toys all the time. And we, that's what we were talking about is that they didn't swap the names and that that was a huge misstep. So, yeah, please fact check us. Um, you know, we just host hardcore Star Wars podcasts. It's no big deal. We should, you know, <laughs> you know whatever. Pulling it up now. Pulling Thank it up you. now. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot that they released. Um it's some stuff new some stuff was existing like the little uh already posed baby yodas the black series baby yoda they kind of covered that stuff when it's going to be shipping to people a lot of that should be coming out this month in may um some of the newer stuff uh that they released was the the carbonized vader so that's like the 80th vader they've released in 2020 so okay cool with um yeah based on that last remember a couple weeks ago there was a release of new black series figures and one of them was a new vader (laughs) here we come out with another carbonized vader and i'm like 
Uh, it it is it's kind of cool because they they in the live chat they said they based it off of um, the Ralph McQuarrie design that had a little bit of blue mm. actually in the armor so that's how they did because they realized if they did just all black carbonized it looked exactly like it's, ROTJ Vader yeah. where he's all shiny and and blinged out and um so they added blue to it which brought in the pops from the Ralph McQuarrie and they can justify the can the carbonized but that was the big one here to me it, they came out with another 3.75 inch Luke with the removable <laughs> it's a him in the stormtrooper disguise with the removable helmet like, and I'm going, isn't that like the second uh, release of was, that actual figure yes. on a vintage card yeah well they put him in the three pack remember there was the the it's the luke as the x-wing pilot it's the yeah. luke in the stormtrooper outfit and it's the um return of the jedi that three pack's okay in the three pack yeah, that three pack's okay, it, but it's better than the Cave of Evil. The oh, Luke in the Cave well, of Evil. Yeah, I mean, that's but then they came out <laughs> with the two pack of Cave of Evil, um, Luke or Dagobah Luke with Yoda. Mm. So he's it's now a six inch figure, and he still has kind of a, a weird cut in his bicep, yeah, or right yeah. about his elbow. But um, I get it; it's not as ridiculous looking as the three point seven. No, inch that was an ugly They're, figure, and I think that I hopefully the backlash was so strong. I mean, they put those things on clearance within two weeks of dropping. You know, those were those were not popular releases. So I think yeah. Hasbro probably realized not to do any flesh colored figures with giant elbow joints. It just doesn't look right. Right, and they. So that one, they, that one came out, but the the Yoda with that two pack is actually different than the standalone Yoda in the 40th mm. pack, the individual mm. card. He's actually mm. smaller and to scale of the six inch Luke or to the six inch figure. So okay. if you want an actual two scale Yoda, that's probably the pack that you need to get. Okay. Uh, they did come out with to your, uh, what you said earlier, the Han and Carbonite. I, I got that one. Um, and then the Bounty Hunter 2-pack, which I did find. I'm looking at it right now on Hasbro's site. Zuckus is over um, Forlom. No, it's not. Is it? Really? Because yeah, Forlom's the bug face guy. He's like the actual like organic with the round disc right in the middle. Yeah. That's Zuckus. Yes. Right? Yes. But the original card when he came out was Forlom. Yes. Forlom is more of the droid. Uh, with the bug eyes on the yes. sides, um, and that's actually Forlom, but it has Zuckus. Did they really do the that? Card. Let me look. Let me they look. Did it. Oh, see, that's why. I see, you got to pay attention. Oh, okay, <laughs> I got to buy him now. <laughs> and he, he did mention it in the live chat that they switched oh, the names intentionally oh. because that was what the original pack was. I didn't so. pick up on that. Okay, Gosh, you got to pay attention, man. Oh, dude. Um, okay, and then uh, they announced the release of the Camino Clone Trooper. Uh, that was a big one. I have not seen any release for a pre-order for that. Um, and then the Boba Fett uh, prototype helmet that you pre-ordered. Yes. Which yes. The same. It, it, from what I got from that was it's the same. It's a little bit different design on the outside. Obviously, it's not the dent in, in the paint scheme. And from what I got was the inside is actually a little bit different than the Boba, the other Boba Fett helmet. I'm sure it is. It has to be. I mean, the the Boba Fett helmet the non-prototype one looks incredibly detailed and the prototype Boba Fett should be sparse and just very bare bones. Um, yeah. I can't wait to get that. That's one of my favorite looks. It is a McQuarrie uh, design. So we talk about the mm -hmm. McQuarrie Vader. Dude, the McQuarrie Vader is one of my favorite Star Wars designs of all time. Yeah. That really uh, hyper accentuated clean. mask, the very sharp lines. So I love the McQuarrie Vader. Um, yeah, that, that prototype helmet already has 
has a spot on on one of my shelves when I build them at the and new I, house. So I loved the live stream that Hasbro did. Thank you, Hasbro, for putting that out because I really, really enjoyed watching it, even though some of the product was some of the stuff that we already knew. Um, I enjoyed getting a little bit of new information. That Camino clone trooper looked fantastic. I love yeah, that. That's nice. But here's where something happened that went awry. They had announced on the live chat pre-orders would be for those three figures. The Han, the Carbonized Vader, and the Bounty Hunter 2-pack were Amazon exclusives. Yeah. They announced it would be available at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the live feed, on the live chat. Go at 1.30 to try to pre-order nothing. Checked at 2.30. Checked at 3.30. Checked at 4.30. I'm thinking maybe they meant Pacific time? (laughs) Nope. It wasn't that either. It didn't come up all day. And then finally, those pre-orders came available on Hasbro Pulse's site later in the day. And they had sent an email saying, hey, we're working with Amazon, our partners, to get this up. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and get it up on Hasbro Pulse. So somewhere along there, the ball got dropped. Yeah. I don't know where, whether it was Amazon or Hasbro. But that's where you got to make sure you cross your T's, you dot your yeah. I's, and your ducks are in a row so things like that don't happen because it's it's a little bit of a, a faux pas on a live chat. So uh, to to kind of to to back up on that, um, there was only one disappointment I had from this whole announcement is that I thought because there was a sneak preview that oh yeah there there might be some figures coming out on May the fourth that you've been anticipating for a while and yeah they hit a couple of them but the one they didn't hit was Garazeb Aurelius. And I was really hoping that they were going to drop the Zeb figure so I can complete my Rebels set for Black Series. So that's my only qualm. Um, Other than that, I'm pretty happy with the releases. I I really, though, am underwhelmed with Disney's May the 4th uh, uh, shot preview. The only thing I'm going to try to get is the Ahsoka uh, Mickey ears. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Those pins are okay, but I am definitely going to get in their v- virtual queue line on Shop Disney at 10 a.m. and uh, try to get those Ahsoka ears desperately. Desperately. I don't know if I'm going to wear them. Yeah. I'm just going to put them up on a shelf or something. But if not, it's a good collector's item. I don't look good in Mickey ears. I've tried. Ever since I was a young boy uh, going to Disney, they just don't look good on me. It's just a bad, I don't know, man. But I, I did. like last year, two years ago, I picked up the lighted ones. Oh, yeah, with yeah. With the um, X-Wings and the TIE Fighters oh, nice. that they yeah. flick like this, red and green. I have those, and, and I love them. I, but I don't too, I don't wear Mickey ears. No, I don't, look, I don't I like. look normal in them. I have this cool Mickey hoodie, though, that I got uh, just a few months ago when I was at Disney that you put the hood up and it's got like the Mickey ears on the hood like that is I guess it's like the the least amount of dorky that I can do but um yeah man just straight up Mickey ears not a good look hey Star Wars friends it's Josh your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams one percenter do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. 
Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. All right, so... We do have a couple uh, news articles I want to touch on before we get into Clone Wars as well. So our friends over at Far, Far Away News, you can get them at Far, Far Away News 1. So they are on Twitter and Instagram at Far, Far Away News 1. Happy to definitely be an affiliate of theirs. They're a great organization releasing a lot of Star Wars news. Number one here is Marvel Comics is to resume releasing new Star Wars comics. So you can find this on their website, farfarawaynews.com. And... As a comic reader myself, hardcore comic reader, um, they stopped distributing comics due to COVID-19. So what's going to happen now? And then I'm going to read this straight from the report here. Earlier this week, we reported that Diamond Comic Distributors are reopening soon and will begin distributing Star Wars comics around May 20th. Today... We have found out from Marvel Comics they will resume Wednesday releases for new comic collections starting May 27th. So... The first Star Wars comics to release then will be Dr. Afra number one. So I am desperately, desperately waiting for that Dr. Afra book. It was that whole story and that projection was getting to a point where, I mean, I was like on the edge of my seat reading that book. And then I, I you know, when I found out that they were going to relaunch the, the series, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm into it now. I'm full fledged Dr. Afra fan. So I cannot wait for that book to come out. Um, so I guess we'll just stay tuned. Hit up your local comic book shops, see if uh, they're going to be distributing and see if they'll deliver if you can't get in, if there's any type of retail restrictions in your home state. So definitely double check with them. The next update here is is actually pretty interesting. Now, I've not gone and downloaded this update yet, but on Far, Far Away News, they reported that Star Wars Battlefront just got a huge multiplayer update. So this is um, this is Battlefront 2004. This is not the new Battlefront that we all know. So what's weird is um, I haven't played Battlefront 2004 in a very long time. You have to have Steam to, to play Battlefront from 2004, unless I guess you're on an old system. All right, so Battlefront, uh, that old school game, yeah, you can play it on your, your PC or your Mac through Steam. That's pretty cool. And they give you a discount, uh, like, I believe it's 50% off from the Steam store. So go ahead and get that login. And then one thing that they kind of touched on in this article was that the new Battlefront 2 just received apparently its last and final update. That's kind of weird. Um, is it really the last update of this game? I This is the first time I'm reading this. Um, I know that they got new skins for Ray. They got new skins for Maul. But um, really? The last update ever? That is That seems like odd. I mean, why would they handcuff themselves like that? I think it's last major update with like new maps and a lot of new stuff all at once is the way that I what I had read. That's weird that they would do that and not announce a Battlefront 3 or some type of new multiplayer game. Um, so that's kind of odd. Uh, well, did anyone else pick up anything this week of note? I did. Oh. Um, so I think the last time I was on the show, I actually talked about pre-ordering a bunch of Baby Yoda stuff. Um, <laughs> yes. And I ended up having to like cancel a bunch of my pre-orders due to COVID. Oh, yeah. uh, but this week I uh, bought the new masks that Disney Shop has. Um, since we live in this new strange world um, and one of them has baby Yoda on it so that was super exciting Uh, if you tried to pre-order them the day they launched and they said they sold out you might want to try again Um, I had initially pre-ordered it and it said it was sold out and then that night I got an email from Disney saying they'd added it back to my cart 
So I checked out at like midnight. So give it a try. You might be lucky. Yeah, that's so crazy. Now, Shop Disney Store definitely has its issues. Uh, you can major. Re- yep. You can read about them all over social media. I have I have definitely encountered a few issues over the years with Shop Disney. Recently, been totally fine. I've been ordering a lot of spirit jerseys. That's kind of like my secret obsession is uh, Mickey spirit jerseys. So if anyone wants to send me <laughs> one of those, I'm totally into that. Uh, but <laughs> um, I did see those masks. I ended up getting the Mickey and Minnie masks uh, from from those the Disney sets. I think there was a whole bunch of other ones, too. I think there was like a Moana one or, you know, whatever the the Pixar movies are. So they're I think they're still available. I don't think they ship for a while, though. I think they won't ship for at least a month. So keep a note on that as well. Um, make sure like you wear a mid, mask in public. July. Cut up your favorite Star Wars T-shirt. Wear it over your face when you go out in public, or you know whatever. Maybe not your favorite one, but I'm just saying, if you want to rep something cool, uh, you can do that. <laughs> uh, I picked up some pins from uh, Luminous. What is it? The Luminous Beings Ltd. Yeah, Luminous Beings Limited. They, our friends. Yeah, yeah. They brought back the fulcrum pins. In yes, both the orange and the blue, and the blue and the black. So I went ahead and did that. And then I also got the Grievous, the little. Oh, that Grievous is so awesome. The Grievous is so awesome. But they were running a special. Like if you bought, I think it was like three pins, you got like $5 off your order for May 4th. So, um, and I think you just put in the code May the 4th. Um, and it takes $5 off. So I ordered those three killer. We did put up a tweet at SW friend show asking for people to support their makers. And we did get a lot of response on that. So check out our Twitter at SW friend show, scroll through the feed, probably be, uh, relatively just a couple days ago. I mean, just not very long ago. So look for that and you can see discounts from a lot of our favorite makers. We want to celebrate full Dawn. We want to celebrate rebel art empire, spice tag, luminous beans limited. We want to celebrate uh, lantern pins. Who's been fantastic to us mm-hmm. you can still use the sw friends promo code for 15 percent off at lantern pin so that was fantastic and uh our friends over at ryloth relics i actually have this uh i have my grand admiral thrawn chimera uh coin you which is it. just so beautiful it is just yes. such a beautiful coin uh and i can't wait to dip- display it with all my other thrawn merch at my uh at the new house mm-hmm. at the new star wars room uh i cannot wait to build that thing out um <laughs> uh, All right, so before we dive into Clone Wars, we got a lot of fan comments and questions we're going to get to on this episode. We're going to have to get through the meat of this very... Uh, maybe depressing or exciting episode, depending on ominous, ominous. This episode's got me, got me all types of ways. So I'm very excited to dive into this. Um, you know, maybe Kyle will surprise us and join us as we start talking about this episode. And if not, I'm sure Kyle's going to, uh, join us on our Clone Wars finale episode, which is, but that's insane. That's insane that we're talking about this Clone Wars finale. Tomorrow. Or well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it's well, it's today. It's it comes a, out as we're talking. Yeah, hey, that's a little yeah. podcast magic. Yeah, it comes out today. Hopefully, you guys all like the finale of the Clone Wars. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, with that, we are going to dive into the penultimate episode of the Clone Wars: Shattered. Here we go. Execute Order sixty six. Yes, Lord Sidious. That Lucasfilm Limited right now, you can picture it, the green text on the screen, the red Clone Wars logo. Oof. Chills. I, I got goosebumps right now, straight up. 
can't see him because it's an audio podcast, but I definitely have goosebumps right now. Oh, that sweet, sweet Kevin Kiner music. Oh, it's so good. So that, of course, was the intro music from part three of the Siege of Mandalore arc, the ending of the Clone Wars episode 11 shattered this is insane and and justin you wrote some notes generally kyle will uh take this over but i'm going to turn it over to you right now to give us a little bit of context and backstory from the episode yeah sure i'll i'll do my best to fill in kyle's big sh- clone wars shoes <laughs> his uh trooper boots trooper if you will. boots um writer this is uh season seven episode 11 this one was titled shattered uh again there was no fortune cookie uh in the beginning it was just marked as part three um you know we got the last part of the movie coming up here uh tomorrow actually well today today. (laughs) (laughs) um writer on this one was dave filoni uh the director was saul ruiz we've mentioned saul before he's written and direct he's directed a couple of the uh rebels episodes along with some previous clone wars uh stuff um we take place uh still 19 bby um, we are just leaving Sundari, the domed capital of city of Mandalore. Um, and really this episode takes place mostly r- right in the beginning. It's there, but most of it takes place on both the transport ship and on a Republic capital ship. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where the whole episode takes place. Um, there are some familiar faces in the roles during this episode and some not, um, Silas Carson was, uh, the voice of Kiati Mundi. Um, TC Carson as Mace Windu, who's done Mace Windu on yeah. animated stuff before. Um, you had uh, Gwendolyn Yo as uh, Nala Se, who is the uh, Kaminoan that you see. Yeah, um, yeah, that's in the report. Um, and then Ian McDermott uh, was his normal Darth Sidious self. Uh, Tom Kane uh, was in here as Yoda. Um, but we also had some not so traditional voices in Clone Wars during the Force Vision that we'll talk about in the episode. Um, Hayden Christensen as yeah. Anakin Skywalker was in there, um, but you also had Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker yes, in there. Yes, yes. Um, and you had Samuel L. Jackson as his Mace Windu self in there. Um, but the big one, big one. <laughs> <laughs> was biggest. Dave Filoni so making good. another droid appearance as CH33P or Cheap? Cheap. 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I knew right away that was Filoni. I didn't even have to read the credits. I was like, that is classic Filoni right there. Mm-hmm. That was good. You know, I'm, I'm happy that you I'm happy that you were able to pull that up as far as Hayden and Samuel Jackson, yeah. because listening the first the first watch through. I definitely paid attention um, to literally every single minute detail I could. I, I, I like to I like the first run to just kind of get my emotions out of the way. But I knew that this was going to be an emotional episode to begin with. So when that that force back happened, I and, and Ahsoka's having that, you know, that the breakdown, I, I definitely heard Hayden and then I heard Matt and I was like, OK, that's a that's a cool blend. And then the Samuel Jackson, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely not TC because you I mean, TC's mace is very recognizable compared yes. to Samuel oh, Jackson. Yeah. So that was an interesting blend. I thought it was well done. I thought it uh, paid homage to Revenge of the Sith so well uh, to combine both universes of live action and animated. Mm-hmm. So that was a really smart way to to go about that. So all right, the blend the blending continues through <laughs> yes. these episodes that you see. I love and and I like a lot of people aren't Hayden Christensen fans. Um, I actually I enjoyed him. I, I enjoyed him <laughs> as Anakin, 
not so much in Clone Wars, but again, it, it, or the Clone Wars in this, you know, in uh, episode or Phantom or Attack ah. of the Clones. Yes, Attack yeah, of the no, Clones. Thank you. Tripping over <laughs> myself here. Um, a lot of people didn't like him in that so much, but a lot of that we've talked about came back to kind of the writing, right? Yes. But in, mm-hmm. in yeah. Revenge of the Sith, I thought the writing was a lot better, but his delivery on that, what have I done? Yeah. Just it. He he realizes it, and you you hear it again here, and you're just like, oh my god, he he realizes he made a big mistake, but there's no going back anymore, right? And it's just done. Now, and he's eh, well, the hate, yeah, time. Hayden gets way too much flack, um, and and I think it's been less and less and less as time has gone on, and especially now as we give Revenge of the Sith more appreciation, dude, Hayden Christensen in that movie. All things considered, was pretty badass. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've talked about George Lucas not being an uh, an actor's director. That's for sure. But Hayden definitely delivered on the emotion in in Revenge of the Sith. And I in rewatching it recently, just thanks to the Siege of Mandalore arc, I have a lot of appreciation for Hayden Christensen being thrown into this giant, massive world. And uh, that that ending, the last the last twenty five minutes of Revenge of the Sith is some of the best. I mean, for me, pure Star Wars is to see the, the actual fall of Vader and uh, or fall of Anakin into Vader that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hayden forever will have my respect. Plus, I want to take a photo op with him, too. So that's how much I like him. <laughs> the, the the love dialogue in Attack of the Clones would have would have been cringy and creepy if Chris, if Chris Hemsworth was saying it. It doesn't matter. It's it was the dialogue, yeah. not yep. the actor. Right. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Man. <laughs> okay. Well, this isn't Attack of the Clones. We can talk about that no, at a I'm later. Just saying episode. that it's. A, I'm no. Yeah, I'm just no, saying no. that the thing. No, I, I feel that's you. the thing. You know, the sand quote and the. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. that's that. That wasn't him. It was the, what was written for him. Yeah, I feel you. Um, so you know, number one, before we get into this episode, and Justin, I'll turn it over to you to kind of walk us through this. But number one, I thought we were going to get a very different episode. From from what we actually got, I thought, I agree. yeah, I, I, I thought there was going to be way more focus on the the greater order 66. And because they teased us in that in that first episode with Plo Koon and Ayla Sakura that we might get to see some of this. We got obviously saw Deepa Balaba and Caleb Doom and maybe, oh, maybe we see this now on our live chat show on Saturday. I think it was Kyle or, or somebody was like, well, we might still see that. Yeah, we might still see that, but I really thought it was going to happen on this particular episode. So I expected a way different episode. This episode was 23 minutes long, but it felt like four minutes long. I mean, for me, yeah. at least it was over quick. So, Maggie, what what did you expect differently from this? Um, I was actually hoping for, like, the Bad Batch to feature again. No, after really? That entire, yeah, I totally, like, had hardcore hopes for the Bad Batch because I was like, why waste so many episodes on the Bad Batch and not like have them Mm. reappear. And I had this whole theory uh, that I actually talked about over on the Cantina cast about how I had hoped that with the Bad Batch being so different from the other clones that maybe they wouldn't be affected by Order 66 Mm. and they'd make some return and, you know, maybe help Ahsoka. But no, that's interesting. I wonder. That's a good point. I haven't even thought about the Bad Batch returning. And I wonder if they do return in this last episode. And I wonder if Trace and Rafa, the Spice Girls, help (laughs) Ahsoka escape. I wonder if that, you know, Rex gets on a horn, calls the Bad Batch. He's like, yo, we need Uh, maybe we need you guys to extract Ahsoka from this ship. 
come in, get her off the ship. Now, this is, of course, we're diving in a segment way too early, but maybe the, maybe the Bad Batch comes in, extracts Ahsoka, and they deliver her to Trace and Rafa, and then they go off into wherever the Unknown Regions, and she settles up. Okay, I haven't seen this next episode, but I'm just saying that sounds pretty good. Um, if it happens, we were psychic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is May the 4th, and the episode's already out, but hey, um, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm really be really excited to see what happens. But yeah, I definitely expected a different episode. Um, and, and we shall see, we shall see what this finale, what, how it delivers. Um, but bef- once it was one more note, I want to get out one more note, this music in this episode, it was yes. okay. So number one, I'm a huge blade runner fan. So different IP, different sci-fi IP, but I love blade runner and I really love blade runner 2049, which was the, which was the recent blade runner that came out. This music was so similar in tone, in intensity and in drama in just that, that grinding, like, you know, something's just super bad and it just gets you this music does so much to cinema. As we know, John Williams and our resident one percenter, Josh can tell anybody how important John Williams score is to this. I mean, can you imagine like, um, who's that <laughs> Danny Elfman doing star Wars music, dude? Like <laughs> so campy. Do, 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 do. That's so <laughs> ridiculous. But you know what I'm saying? Like music really sets the tone for, mm-hmm. for cinema. And this score in this episode really gives you that full ominous, like just it's that icky feeling that everything is about to collapse and it fits so perfectly with revenge of the Sith. When all the John Williams score just drops out and Anakin has that transformation. And I talked about it on the live chat where Anakin is in the Jedi chambers, the council chambers by himself and he's looking out the window and then it cuts to Padme and her apartment. And then you just, you know that everything is just changing and they, and they use that to perfection in this episode. So that is my big takeaway is that the hero of this episode, if there is a hero is the music. So Kevin Kiner chef's kiss. That was fantastic. And it's, I think it's funny because you said it, you felt like it went by quick. To me, it felt like an hour. Really? Because the music was so tense. I was just like, oh, my God, what is about to happen? Like, <laughs> it just kept me right there. Yeah. And it, I did. I pulled those tones out from, you know, Anakin in the Jedi Council by himself, Padme on the balcony looking yeah. at the Jedi Council burning with that uh, ominous, I don't even know what you call it, like that tone. It's a drone. It's like a it, droning sound. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a, I don't, yeah, it's hard to explain, but like. Uh, that and then I also kind of took um, if you guys um, I, like the Dark Knight, mm. you guys are fans of the Dark Knight mm-hmm. yeah, trilogy. Um, you know the opening music in the second one with Heath Ledger and they're going into the bank robbery. Oh, you're right. Set. Yeah, yeah. Kind of in the yeah. background, Killer. I caught like that at parts um, more so when Ahsoka was sneaking around uh, the ship um, or even when she was standing on the bridge kind of by herself. Yeah. Um, but that little tone was kind of right behind it. And I was like, this seems very dark Knightish. Yes, it uh, does to me as well. I thought that this, the music in this too was the first time. I think the music in clone wars and rebels like previously has been like, you know, little sprinkles of actual John Williams things. And then the stuff that's in between the sprinkles is more stuff that's supposed to sound like star Wars music, you know, John Williams type stuff, but this was something different that still fit. And then still had those, still had those sprinkles from stuff that we recognize from the movies with it, with it, um, having that, you know, blade runner type thing that was totally different. And I think it, it set him apart and showed, showed us that, 
this uh, Kiner guy isn't just, you know, doing like kind of filling in the blanks for for jo- yeah. what, you know, well, we got him to do John Williams stuff since John Williams can't do it for the cartoon kind of thing. I don't know that anyone thinks that, but I, like, I think that any more than any other any other episode, this one like really put him like above and put him on a pedestal. So. Right. And, and you know where this is really going to play out and this is going to even have more impact is when they release this as a single continuous movie. Right. So when they when they put all four of these episodes together and, and you don't have those title cards breaking up the scenes when it switches from the end of episode two to episode three, but you're watching it as a continuous shot, that music is going to have so much more impact on your viewing experience. Yeah. And if you are watching this for the first time, I mean, dude, <laughs> you know that trouble is right around a corner. Like you are living through an incredible galactic event. So anyways, let's dive into the episode. Where do we start? Where do we begin? What is happening? So we start off, we, you know, we come back in on Sindari and we see the fighting has stopped. Um, the Maldalorians are, you know, hands up, white flag raised, um, 332nd is escorting the prisoners away. You see Gar Saxon, um, Bo-Katan passes him and kind of turns and glances and just kind of stares him down. And yeah. he's still looking very standoffish and, um, you know, not happy. Um, but you can see a war torn city, just yes. ruin and rubble smoke billowing. And Bo Katan is looking over the city just in disbelief at this point. And I, I think she feels a sense of relief that the fighting has stopped and that they can kind of go back to being independent somewhat. But I think she's still very aware that the occupy, the occupation of the Republic is still there. Um, And there was a great bit of dialogue between her and Ahsoka in this moment um, where she talks about her sister and her sister's ideals. Yeah, and I got that clip right here. We can take a listen to it. Learn from the best, including you. I wish I was good at something other than war. Your people need a new kind of leader. My sister tried that. I never understood her idealism. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty powerful line of dialogue, and it's also a bit of reflection on uh, what yeah. worked, what didn't work. And I am actually so interested. You know, it's so weird that 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 line of dialogue was only you know ten seconds, yeah. but that sets up the future of of Mandalore and what what happens between now and the Mandalorian television series. So I'm really interested to see what. Bo-Katan, Ursa Wren, and, and how the, I guess the failure, cause you see a little bit of that in rebels, you know, you get to see the separation. It's a little bit more hardcore Mandalorian, um, outfits out, the, you know, as far as like the crews, the families, the clans or whatever you want to call it, the clans. That's yeah. Don't, don't beat me up Twitter, but, uh, it's the Mandalorian clan separation. And I really want to see how this plays out. So yeah, that was a great piece of dialogue. It shows a it shows a really good maturation in Bo-Katan's character because when she when her sister was alive, she was a very different person at that point. She was mm-hmm. very um at at odds with her sister's opinion of where Mandalore should be and how they should be represented. You know, she wanted to be a broader part of the galaxy um in the community as a whole, but I, I think at that time Bo-Katan was very no, we are Mandalore. We are independent. We don't need that. Um, 
And I, she didn't understand the peacefulness that her sister was trying to propose. And now after seeing her, her city and her planet just ravaged by a war that they really had no part being in, um, I think she, her views have changed. Um, and certainly there's other events like her sister's death that have affected her that way. But it's harder for her now to, um, you know, to it, it, she's starting to understand that a little bit more. So, um, but, you know, she she we have that little moment of dialogue and then uh, Rex comes up and basically says, hey, you know, we got a call from the Jedi Council. Yeah, um, they need an update. Uh, can you can you come and update him? And Bo says, yeah, go ahead. Um, but she asks, was Anakin there? And his, Rex's reply was he was there. At the, he was de- there at the start of the meeting before I left to get you, basically. So when yeah. she gets there, he is no longer there. Well, did did you feel any type of weird tension in that di- in that dialogue? I, Rex was a little off on that, or maybe it was the music that was just unsettling. But there was definitely something weird between their interaction right there. Like he was, he didn't want to tell her that he was there. Maybe he was protecting her. I don't know. There was a definite weird. Um, just a, just a I don't know how to describe it, but it wasn't normal Rex and Ahsoka dialogue. Or at least I agree. Music. It was yeah. odd. Yeah. yeah. The music, music made everything. everything so much more tense. Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah, yeah. Th- then they move into this like this fort or this other part in the, in the city where they can have this, you know, this Jedi Council meeting. And it is verbatim straight from Revenge of the Sith. And I thought You've that was Mace, oh. Kiatamundi, Ayla. And Yoda are standing around finishing that conversation. So um, Anakin had already left at this point, um, and I believe Obi-Wan as well. So, yes, um, it's just those four talking. Yeah. And then, you know, we we see that we see that how it plays out in the movie. And then right when it cuts in the movies, when Ahsoka walks through with Rex and then they, you know, I. They obviously know that Ahsoka caught Maul, but let's go ahead and play the clip. This is pretty interesting. I wish Kyle was here to respond to our buddy, uh, Mr. Mace Windu, but let's take a listen. <laughs> I understand your mission was a success. Yes, I have Maul in custody. I will escort Commander Rex when he delivers him to Coruscant. A great service to the Republic, you have done. I did my duty as a citizen. Not as a Jedi. No, not yet. Ooh, spicy. I like that. <laughs> that that made me, I, I really love that yeah. line. That just reiterates Ahsoka's stance uh, that she is no Jedi. And even in the face of the greatest masters of the council, she is still um, totally set in her uh, convictions. And I, it just, to me, that line of dialogue makes Ahsoka just even stronger of a character than she already is. So that is just, I loved it. I loved it. I disagree a little bit. I think she's still standing strong, but I think it does. And I'm not, uh, she, the fact that she says no, not yet. I feel like it shows that there is a little bit of, of a softening, but it, it, I don't think it's, I think she's still mad at them as a whole, but I think her spice girl adventures have shown her that maybe she just, she still has a place there, but because she still holds the ideals, but you know, she's, she's caught, but I think she's, she's definitely moved on a little bit. And I think saying not yet, instead of just saying no shows that right. she's grown a little bit. And, I got, you know, 
I got that same thing. And it was interesting because, you know, they continue on with that conversation and Yoda had asked her, um, you know, something more to say, have you, um, or a message for a message for for Anakin, message for Anakin, perhaps. And she says no. And she still doesn't say anything. Yeah. You could tell she wanted to say something to Obi-Wan. She wanted to say something to Yoda, but she didn't say anything. Yes. And um, Yoda leaves the conversation. He says, may the force be with you, Padawan. So he still refers to her as a Jedi in training, not as a citizen. That's true. Whereas Mace Windu says says uh <laughs> oh i got it know, right here give I you any it. more information dude yeah hang let's on play that one. yeah let's play the clap back here because this is like when he <laughs> dude, master i was sitting up. on my couch and i was like oh <laughs> hell no that tone was so brutal all right let's take a listen what do you mean i'm sorry citizen <laughs> these matters are for the council to discuss oh my god i understand what an ass dude like <laughs> Mace Windu sucks. I, I don't, whatever. I mean, listen, I know a lot of people like Mace Windu. There was a lot of Mace Windu love on our live yeah. chat, but, uh, man, he's just <sighs> such an ass. Like I get it. Listen, I get it. I get it. Cause I am Mace Windu in my professional career, but I'm sure people call me an ass, but it's okay. Um, he's doing <laughs> what he needs to do, but man, like you don't talk to Ahsoka like that, bro. Do you know who she is? Like, no, he doesn't. He's about to get, he's about to get shot. Yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> so he's going to get his. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they wrap up this meeting and, um, you know, so Ahsoka goes back out to the platform. They're escorting Maul. Well, actually, um, before then, him. Justin, before then, there was another another pivotal piece of dialogue. Um, it's one of those what if oh, moments. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those what if moments. And, it, and as you were just talking about how Ahsoka just didn't say enough or didn't ask that next question or didn't give that other breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. Here it is. It's right here. You didn't tell them what Mole said about General Skywalker. No, I didn't. Like, like, you know, if she did, what would happen? What if, you know, what if she did tell the council that, you know, Maul had this vision? Because we all know that that Mace Windu loves his visions. We all know that, like, (laughs) I mean, for real, dude. and, And that's kind of it's interesting that she has regret like reluctantly avoided any of these hardcore conversations about Anakin. And, uh, it's fascinating to think about anyways. All right, let's go on. Now they're, they're on the platform and we get one of the coolest devices in the star Wars universe, which we can't come up with a name. I've called it the Beskar maiden. Um, you know, an homage to an Iron Maiden. Uh, if you're not familiar, not the band, not the band, the torture device. Okay, from what, the 16th century or whatever? Um, yes. yes. Okay, cool. Slightly different. Yeah. That one had a lot of spikes <laughs> in it, which was very painful, apparently. Yes, yes. So <laughs> it was also very Hannibal Lecter-esque, you know, where Maul, yes. yeah, where yeah. Maul was in his, like, his tomb straitjacket, and you can see his eyes. And that, to me, was the coolest part, is that they had this little window where he can see, and, uh, you know, that's, kind of torturous as a force wielder, power hungry maniac that is haunted by Darth Sidious. You know, you saw him, he wanted to die in the previous episode and now he's contained in this, this chamber or whatever you would call it, this device um, that we learn is a Mandalorian tool that, you know, back during the, the, the fabled Jedi Mandalorian wars from ages ago, which we might learn about in the high Republic or what have you. um, They made these devices to handle, force wielding maniacs right that's what she that's what she said that was pretty sweet let's take a listen to that impressive 
I suspect even Maul couldn't get out of there. A relic of a bygone era, when Mandalorians had reason to imprison you force-wielding maniacs. <laughs> I thought your sister outlawed such devices. She did. This is the last one. So Kyle on our live chat <laughs> mentioned that that piece of dialogue at the end there is probably setting up something for the Mandalorian live action show. And I'm all for it. I think that I think he's right on because why else would they have that that extra piece of dialogue that this is the last one? You know that thing's going to find its way on the Mandalorian season two or three and someone's going to get trapped inside there. You know, I, I really think that that's a setup for some type of live action bit or some type of segment. I really I really do think that's the case. Especially with the rumor that Ahsoka might be showing up in the Mandalorian at some point. Yeah. Or like that or connection Bo-Katan. is right there or Bo-Katan. Yeah. 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 Did you guys see the uh, little Mandalorian with a sword that's carved into the front of it? I did. It was towards mm-hmm. the like bottom part of it. right? Yeah. Under the like Yoda the face of it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. I just saw the Yoda face. Thanks to, um, oh man, I forget who dropped it in our live chat the other day, but I would have never- caffeinated diabetic. I think. Okay. So Scott. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would have never caught that had he not said anything. Um, of course on the rewatch, you're like, Oh, that's blatantly CGI Yoda. But, uh, that device is so cool. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your star Wars friend. And you are listening to the star Wars friends podcast. Hi, I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, and review right away. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. We hope you're enjoying this crossover cast on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. 
Make sure to use the hashtags hashtag crossovercast and hashtag stay positive when tweeting about this show. Now, back to the Star Wars friends. So yeah, Justin, they they now wheel they they wheel Maul or float Maul onto that transport Heavily ship, escorted. right? Yeah. yeah, and and you see some great shots of Ursa Wren there too. That's Let's not, true. She's a younger Ursa Wren, right off the shoulder of Bo Katan in that scene, and you know it's passing of the torch, and and uh, Bo and and Ahsoka basically shake hands and wish each other the best of luck, um, and then they go their separate ways. Um, so I think that was a really important bit of dialogue. But yeah, they put it, you know, they escort Maul onto the transport ship um, and then they fly up to uh, the the capital ship, the Republic capital ship that they're going to be escorting him on. And when they get off, when they open the doors, you see shock troopers yeah. escorting Maul off. Yeah. And you see just about every soldier in the 332nd standing there ready if Maul decides to do something. Um, I thought that was, uh, it was very interesting with how they regard him as a prisoner in thinking he could still get out right. and escape no matter what. Um, so they were not taking any chances. Um, you know, they get him off the ship. There's no dialogue for a long period of time very long during stretch. this section. Yeah. It's just music and it's very eerie, um, but there's no dialogue um, you don't even get dialogue until Rex and Ahsoka walk onto the bridge of the ship. And yeah. as they're walking, you see Ahsoka looking over to the side at the trooper in the Imperial, more of an Imperial Navy style outfit now. Um, and they get to the front of the bridge. Um, and then they have, finally, we have some more dialogue and they kind of talk about the Clone Wars, which was very important. Yeah, I'll go ahead and play that right now. something on your mind? As a Jedi, we were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. But all I've been since I was a Padawan is a soldier. Well, I've known no other way. Gives us clones all a mixed feeling about the war. Many people wish it never happened. But without it, Clones wouldn't exist. Well, then perhaps some good has come from all of it. The Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, nor I a better friend. So that's definitely uh, setting you up for the moment of heartbreak. Mm. Oh, so much heartbreak. Oh, a better friend. And I have a, I have a question when we get a little bit further along here. But um, yeah, so the heartbreak is about to happen, right? Uh, one of the officers comes up. There's an update uh, on the situation. So Rex says, yep, you want to go check it out? And she's like, no, nah, you go ahead. You do your thing. So Rex starts to head back. Uh, he goes into like one of those meeting rooms. Right. And this is where he gets the directive. Execute order. Oh, 66. yeah. And I'll play it Goosebumps. one more time. Oh, yeah. I'll, <sighs> I'll, and I'll play it just to, just so we can set the tone. Execute Order 66. Yes, Lord Sidious. Crazy. Okay, so there we are. Doesn't Here we she are. say like so. it's probably good news too? <sighs> yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. sure it's fine. <laughs> it's just, no, you go take it. It's yeah. probably good news. It's all good. Um, so the news comes in. She, he gets the order. Um, and at this point, this is where the bridge between this and Revenge of the Sith happens. And mm-hmm. all of the scenes that we get with Ayla and Plo Koon 
and all of the Jedi getting killed um, happens. Yeah. And she feels it, that wave, that just push. Um, you see it is, in Yoda is, on Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith. Same type of, uh, you know, it's like the soul escaping the body, right? Like it's just, it's that deep of a, yeah. an emotional connection. And, and, he, um, and it goes, ba- it goes back right before it. Cause before I forget, cause there's this cut back to Maul mm. and they, they, he's hearing oh, the conversation yeah. in his yes. head with okay. Windu and the emperor and Anakin. And that's that it goes from Ahsoka and Rex on the bridge over to Maul. That's right. Seeing this and hearing this and his, his vision in his head is, is coming to fruition. And we get the great, um, that sound clip from revenge of the Sith, um, of that dialogue with, with, uh, the emperor and mace and Anakin. And you hear just the pain in his voice. What have I done? Yeah. And he realizes what he's done. And then, there's a little bit of time there from where the emperor is talking to Anakin and explaining, Hey, you are now Darth Vader, Lord Vader rise. And he gets up and then he goes over, flips his hood up, calls up Cody, go ahead and execute order 66. And that is where Ahsoka gets that wave of emotion uh, on the bridge because she feels all these Jedi being killed. Yeah. And then, you know, it cuts to Ahsoka. Now she has this pain. Now she has to go, you know, I don't know. She has to go find somebody, right? Like she has to find Rex and try to figure this out. And, you know, she goes to where Rex just went off in his briefing and the door opens up and it's, and you know, what's going to happen. I mean, it's just, okay, let's play it. Rex, it's Anakin. I feel like something terrible has happened. shaking with the helmet. Yeah, helmet drops. Rex? Troopers turn on her. I'll do it. Rex, what's happening? Stay back! Find him. Find him. Fives. Find him! Crazy. Crazy, dude. Oh, so here, right. And here's where here's where my question comes in. Which broke your heart more? The conversation with Ahsoka and Rex just before this happens Mm. or this moment right here where he turns. (laughs) And when he tells her to stay back, you see the tears down his right cheek. And he's got guns drawn on her because he is fighting it so bad not to shoot her. Yeah, that's the part that got me. That's That's the one that that got me, too, man. That got me. Yeah. Yeah. And and the moment later on as well got me as well. Yeah. It, yeah. It, so, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, but it was honestly, the, <laughs> the, go ahead. No, it was, it was the shaking. It was the shaking, yeah. the, you know, it's just, man, like it was so well done in animated form that you felt the, the restraint, the, as you mentioned, fighting it, you know, just, man, it was so deep. It's years of watching Clone Wars and this friendship blossom between these two. And I was wondering how they were going to do this. You know, I was really wondering how they were going to do this. And it was, it definitely delivered. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't, I, th- that was the rough part for me too, but I didn't have enough time to uh, process it because I was immediately like, I didn't betray my Jedi. I was like, <laughs> you did. Kinda, uh, yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Well, so that's it. Well, Maggie, go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, like the one thing that I found so interesting about this, how this played out in the Clone Wars is that it made me care so much more about the clones than the Jedi. Because I remember, oh. like, as a kid watching Attack the, or watching Revenge of the Sith when, like, this whole happens with Order 66 being like, oh, my gosh, all the Jedi are dead. I had no emotional attachment to the clones. Mm-hmm. 
And now I'm like, right. oh, my favorite clones are going to die <laughs> and turn against their Jedi. Yeah. I was so much more emotional about the clones. Yeah, agree. That's yeah. Oh. And that's the hard part is like that was his last ditch effort to help her like was find him, find him fives. That was his code. Like you need like I filed this report. I said I warned P- I tried to warn people about this. It got covered up find fives and she knew like that's where she was like wait that was a message right. i need to do something with that message and right. you know she is she takes rex out pretty quickly actually oh yeah she knocks Kinda his head awesome. right into the she hollow table oh yeah, yeah. so he, um, he's a little dazed and then of course she gets surrounded by you know every type of trooper possible and she mm-hmm. is just deflecting an unimaginable amount of blaster fire um i mean that was just insane to watch and she's actually i mean in that moment to have the wherewithal to deflect the blaster fire up to cut a hole in the ceiling was pretty brilliant i i I think i mean that to me just proves once again how much of a master uh force wielder she is because she had the the foresight to to deflect that up because she glanced up real quick yeah Yeah. she looked above her and then yeah crazy well not to mention like about her force uh, ability and her her prowess she i mean she was completely surrounded and was and was like you know all over the place and you and then you watch the clips from revenge of the sith and you see how easily they killed kiatamundi and alias sakura mm. it's like oh well obviously yeah. when yeah, she became a master quick. she was going to be like one you know she was going to be like one of the most powerful jedi in the order would ahsoka so, got taken out quick if if, if it wasn't rex Let's say, you know, it's Cody and I want to give credit to this moment to pause. Stop it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm going to agree with Josh there because she's a much younger Jedi than Kiatamundi and all of the others. So when Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are fighting on the Death Star and we're like, oh, man, they're so old. They can't even move their sabers anymore. Right. (laughs) Kiatamundi gets pretty much. He's like, oh, come on, come on. And all his troops are like right behind him in mass numbers. And he's by himself and they turn on him and shoot him. Ahsoka's a much younger Jedi. She is much more agile and quick, um, much like Asajj was. To Cal she's a lot faster. Dude, yes, Cal, Cal got out. out. Uh, Caleb yeah. Doom got out. So yeah, the younger yep. Jedi were able to. I think, get I think their force powers are just quicker and more adept as they're younger, and as they start mm. to get older, those reflexes are not quite as good. Which is why you see Obi Wan and Anakin and Revenge of the Sith oh, flipping man, sabers that... all over the place with a great yeah. choreographed fight scene, and then you see them in A New Hope, and they're just. <laughs> yeah, this is smacking the tips off them weak, like weak. <laughs> we can't do it anymore. We're yeah. too old. You I know, feel like, so. Yo- I feel like Yoda. Yoda um, <laughs> trumps that argument though, because he's nine hundred years Maybe. old. But he's a different species. Like maybe his species he, he is seems like to age much differently. That's if you true. Think about the fact that that's the true. child is fifty and like in a stroller. Yeah. yeah, no, you're, yeah, True. right. So, so he's um, 900. He's 900 in Return of the yeah, Jedi. He is, he is, yeah. How old is he yeah. in Attack of the Clones? Probably uh, 865. Yeah. Okay. I was rounding up. Yeah, I, big difference. I didn't want to do the quick math. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So Ahsoka, so, here, bottom line, Ahsoka's a badass. Got out of that and jumped through the ceiling to mm-hmm. then free Maul, who was held in, you know, his his prison chamber and then he was held inside of a cell and all this stuff so ahsoka takes out the guards and a pretty i mean pretty efficiently takes out those shock troopers and Mm -hmm. 
basically frees Maul. You know, well, actually, the troopers were in the midst of freeing him with that incredibly yeah. difficult button combination um, that can free them out with just hitting those three buttons. And, you know, yeah. I don't, if you saw that, you know what I'm talking about. And I still have qualms with Mace Windu and the Bad Batch arc with the. Anyways, I'm going to go off tangent here. I don't want to. There- Let's. Mace, oh my God, Mace. <laughs> Maul is Maul. about to be freed from this chamber. He's actually about to be executed from this chamber. Yeah. But, uh, but she breaks in, yeah. smacks him around a little bit. There was a lot of Rogue One callbacks in this. Yes. So many. I don't know if you guys I called them, but she so. smacked the one trooper, the shock trooper up to the ceiling and held him there. And I was waiting on the lightsaber strike and it didn't happen. She just went boom and slammed him back to the ground and he was out. Um, but she takes she ca- takes care of the pretty inept guards, frees Maul. He's very surprised that she survived. Um, you can see it on his face. And I think that's why when he was hanging there suspended and she's holding him, he says, let me die. Because at that point he pretty much thought I'm toast. They're going to take me away and kill me. Um, if you capture me, um, I don't think he planned on her surviving and then freeing him. Um, and then you get that dialogue between the two of them. Uh, and he's still trying to get her on his side and say, Hey, let's follow my plan. We can go do this together. And she's going, no, 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 no. I'm still not trying to join your side. You need to understand that we're going to do this my way. So she gives him a mission and basically says, I need a distraction. That's what you're good at, right? Distractions. Because let's let's face it. Maul through most of Clone Wars is a distraction. His best oh, laid yeah. plans often go awry. So she says, go wreak some havoc. Cause a distraction. I need to go do something else. Before that's, before that's that, though, there was a little tidbit I wanted to play where Maul realized mm-hmm. Sidious's plan, where he was terrified yes. of Sidious's plan, uh, the prior episode, but then he realized what was happening with the clones. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I was not privy to my master's plan, but now, now I see it. The Jedi's own army against them. That is, I mean, any excuse to play Sam Witwer on the show is nice, but that was really, that was really cool that he, uh, he got, he kind of like, he liked it. He was like, oh, okay, that's, hmm, that's genius. He recognized his good work. Yeah, oh yeah. No, he can, he He recognizes quality work and he appreciates (laughs) it. And, you know, some people just don't have that same vision. Right. So, right. Right. Some people um, just want to watch the world burn. There you go. Exactly. Perfect tie exactly. into earlier. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So Ahsoka frees him. He's like, yo, give me a fighting chance. Basically like, <laughs> can I have a lightsaber? And she's like, no dude, like, nope. you're like, good luck. I don't like you. Just g- have fun. You know? And, um, I really thought that, that Ashley Eckstein brought it this episode too. I mean, she's just yeah. like, oh, she is incredible. Spot on. So, um, yeah. so, so she goes sneaking around. Yep. She's clearly in search of the droids because she goes, she knew right where to go to find them. Um, she goes, finds R7, which is her droid. That's her astromech. Yep. Um, and she asks and all the other droids wake up and they're like, dude, what's happening? Like, what is going on? Yeah, like, they were, li- they were a little like, I know, I know something's wrong. Like, they're like, we got the directive, too. We don't understand what's happening here. Um, so she goes and finds him and starts to research the report on fives, CT five, 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 um, and has that report pulled up. Um, and this is where you see, uh, is it Nala, Nala say, yep. Um, yep. and she basically says, Hey, you know, his, cl- his, uh, his, uh, what's his name? I can't remember the troopers. Tuck, 
Tups, uh, Chip Tups. was faulty. Um, you know, he killed this Jedi, but we all realized it was just a you know a fault in his chip. Jedi are cool with it. Senate's cool with it. Move along. But Rex still filed a complaint on it and said, here's my report. And here's what I think is these chips are for something else that we don't fully know. Right. Um, and that's where Ahsoka learns about the chip. And even the first clip on that hollow thing that R7 was projecting was the picture of the head with the chip and where it is inside of it. Um, so she's clearly now she's aware of what's going on and realizes that the chips are faulty and this is what's going on. Um, you know, here's where uh, cheap, cheap chimes in, uh, Dave <laughs> so Filoni, uh, as a droid. It was very like a mellow chopper yeah. or like yeah. a very oh, happy yeah. chopper. He's got, the, he's got the little clicker arms and everything. <laughs> right. Like, oh, it was super sweet. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love the fact when, I love when Dave appears in his stuff, whether it's the animated or what we saw in director squadron and Mandalorian, it's very Alfred Hitchcock esque <laughs> or Stephen King esque or, uh, whether they insert themselves into smaller roles on the show that they are writing or producing. I, I love seeing that. So, so, uh, trivia question, since I know everyone loves my trivia questions, uh, what was George Lucas's cameo in the prequels? We want to talk about Filoni making his cameos in his own work. What was George Lucas's cameo in the prequels? I know, you know it was, his character name. I know it was Pantoran, but I don't remember the name. Baron Papanoida. Mm. Papa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, dude, Papa. look that up. Look that up because his. It is one of the most ridiculous costumes I've ever seen in my life. It is hilarious. So, well, and uh, here's where you had another little tidbit was Anakin's passcode. And we oh, talked about that's, on the live right, show yesterday, that's right. 8108. 8108. That's the debut of the Clone Wars animated mm-hmm. series. So that's when it came out. That was cool because numbers in Star Wars, believe it or not, have meaning and they always have some weird meaning. So, yeah, that was pretty cool um, to look that up and figure out what that was. So that was fun. So they come up with a plan to. Um, she comes up with a plan with the droids to basically capture Rex. But in the interim, we shift back over to Maul. Maul is free now. Oh, this was a great Rogue One callback. Awesome. Where he is just by himself walking down a hallway, no lightsaber. The only thing he has (laughs) to defend himself is the force. Um, and he just reeks havoc on clone troopers and if this is just a big reminder of how violent clone wars actually is (laughs) for kids because he's hurtling metal sheet metal at troopers and decapitating them because you see their helmets fall off and then he's pulling blasters away from other guys he slams two panels into a couple guys and finally the rest of them are like screw this we're out and they they're like seal the blast doors seal the blast doors and like take off and try to close it and he pulls the gun back of one of the troopers (sighs) and his arm is hanging there and you just the next thing you see is this arm fall to the floor and he can hear the comm link. So he knows yeah. what they're trying to do to him now. Yeah, it's just a gruesome, gruesome yes. scene without a lightsaber. Oh, and he just rips them apart. It just Maul is an I awesome love character. It. Maul is uh, he's he's made such a leap in my character rankings over these last few episodes. I mean, wow. Wow. I love Maul. I love Maul. And speaking of the brutality, I love See, that. Like after he's done all that, and he's at the end of the he's at the end of the hallway. You they have a shot on him, and you can see behind him one of the troopers like smashed like the the sheet metal like smashed into him into the wall. Like he's sitting there in the wall. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brutal. I loved it. Yeah, and it was a so, really nice homage to Rogue One. I mean, that was oh so good. 
So he wreaks havoc on, he causes a distraction, which was great. Um, and then we cut back over to Ahsoka and what she's doing uh, to Rex. And basically she sends the droids in to kind of break him off from the rest of the group um, and, and try to capture him essentially. Um, you know, she, uh, you know, basically puts, records a message for R7 and says, you know, I saw your report on fives. It's not your fault. You were programmed. Your mind was altered to do this when you were very young. And at that point, he is still, he's not himself. So right, when the message right. stops, he, you know, basically says R7, where is she? And he points his guns at him. And then she goes, I'm right behind you. And he turns. And she's like, I can help you. And he, at that point, he doesn't really want to be helped. But the droid just goes, shocks, yeah, him, shocks and him. And he's out. And uh, so they lift him up on the droids and they haul him away to the med bay to try to remove the chip. Damn near killed him, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just another little zap would have got him. And Soko's like, yo, buddy, I know he's trying to kill me, but calm Chill. down. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And this is where and this is where it goes to. Right. Like, so. She says it isn't your fault. You were programmed. This is where the Jedi, even from the very beginning in the first episode with Yoda and the clones, he doesn't view them as robots uh, or droids from like the separatists. They're people. They are Mm -hmm. are tissue. They have organs. They are people. They have their own minds. They have their own individuality. And, you know, Josh, to your point, when when Rex and Rebel says, I didn't portray or I didn't betray my Jedi, he would never have betrayed his Jedi. It was the chip that made him do it. And that's what I think he was trying to get across. And and when you go back to that scene where he turns and that tear is going down his eye, his body physically cannot, Mm. and his brain cannot stop the chip. Like he's trying to, but he physically cannot stop the chip. So I don't necessarily have a qualm with him in, in Rebels saying, I didn't betray my Jedi. He really didn't. The chip forced him to. But to your point, it is from a certain point of view, <laughs> right, just like right. uh, Obi-Wan's <laughs> truth. I see what you're getting yeah. at. But um, to me, that, that was a very important line of dialogue because she recognizes it's not their fault. It's, it's whatever, right. this, whatever this plan right. was. So, um, yeah, I mean, now, yeah, well, now they're in this medical chamber, you know, yeah. they're escaping these clone troopers that are trying to hunt them down. They're cutting through doors and the whole deal. Now they're in this, you know, she's trying to find where the chip is. So they bring out that beautiful FX seven droid. So if you're a toy collector, finally, I love seeing the FX seven yep. toy yep. or toy, the droid in, uh, in real <laughs> life. Toy. And yeah, right. And they do that cerebral scan and he's in this like MRI device and they're trying to find this chip and they can't, they can't find the chip. And Maggie, yeah, I read your show notes for here. What happens at that moment when they can, she cannot get FX7 to scan the chip. So she channels the force and does what? She says that I am one with the force line that's from Rogue One. And I honestly, I was so happy because Rogue One is like the ultimate Star Wars movie for me. And so when that moment happened, I was just like falling my eyes out. It was a shock. It was a total it was surprise. So that, good. Yeah. That they had another character. And what it does to for me is that it just lends credence to the fact that that is that's a saying that's you know that's a definitely a jedi um i don't mantra. know what you would call it it's yeah, a mantra exactly. yeah and um you know it definitely gives definitely strengthens truth and anyone else bays everyone else that kind of 
maybe wasn't a Jedi or maybe is a Jedi, I don't know, or has a connection to the Force. And she was using the Force to stimulate life inside of Rex and, you know, maybe use that life force to have that chip show up. I don't know. Like, that was a, it was just a really cool moment. It was really cool. That's what I was just going to say was she's, it goes back to Qui-Gon in the very beginning. The force is something that lives within all living things. Yeah. Rex yeah. is a living being. So she is just tapping into that force that's already there. They may not be able to use it the way that the Jedi do or the Sith do, but we all, they all have, we all have it. We all have the force. We do all have us. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, but she's just channeling that force that's in him mm-hmm. to find the chip and to help the droid locate that chip. And I thought that was a beautiful moment. That was yeah. fantastic. It really was. So then they, they find the chip and she, she yells at the droids, yo, take this thing out of him. And the clones are right there beating down yeah, the door. And they in. actually, they actually do get through the door at one point. And, uh, you see Rex, he's, you know, he's starting to move. He's starting to do Frankenstein's monster where he gets a like finger twitch <laughs> or whatever. And he pulls out his guns <laughs> and, you know, Ahsoka standing right in front of him. You know exactly how the scene is set up. And, you, you know, it might lead you to believe that he's going to pull the guns on Ahsoka. Maybe they didn't get the chip out. And then, of course, he shoots the clone troopers that are about to enter. And, um, damn. Brothers. Damn. Brothers. Uh- Whoo. Okay. Like this is crazy. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. So they seal the doors. Um, I don't know if it was, um, R seven that's, that was started like sealing it or whatever, but, uh, one of them started welding the door so no one can get through now. And then Ahsoka and Rex have their moment to kind of figure out what happened here. So let's take a listen. Eight one zero eight. Wrong clue. How widespread is this? Ahsoka. It's all of us. The entire Grand Army of the Republic has been ordered to hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. So there's your end of the episode where, I mean, now Ahsoka knows exactly what's going on. Rex is, Mm -hmm. he's conscious. He knows what's happening. uh, And it sets us up for the Clone Wars finale. So that is, um, I've had a lot of goosebumps on this episode. I'm I'm there again. Um, Oh boy. That little phrasing he used is the exact phrasing that Obi-Wan used when he explained what happened to the Jedi when he's talking to Luke. When he says hunt oh, down really? and murdered the Jedi. Yeah, it's the exact same phrasing. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and listen to that. I like that. That's a good tidbit. Um, so, all right, final notes. What do you guys want to talk about in this episode before we dive into our, our fan questions here? Is there anything that you want to cover that we haven't gone over so far? I just, the music was fantastic. It was, I mean, it built, it made that episode that much more uh, tense yeah. throughout. And it was just amazing to listen to. But the, the callbacks to Rogue One and to Josh's point back to um, A New Hope and, and some of those scenes, it, you know, or Revenge of the Sith even with, with the execution of the Jedi and tying all that in, it was just, it's, these three episodes have just been beautifully yeah. Beautifully done. Yeah. I, I can't, it's amazing. You, do you realize we were just talking about the Spice Girls arc like three weeks ago and we're like, ah, okay, well, this is, a, this is all right. <laughs> now we're like, oh man. I, you know what? You know what? We could have, they could have cut out the whole Bad Batch. They could have cut out the Spice Girls arc and given us just these four episodes. Oh, for sure. I would have been perfectly but, happy. I mean, and I, yeah. I get the Spice Girls because you had to set up how Ahsoka gets back to Mandalore. Right. You that's how that's true. That ties into those episodes. Yeah. Bad Batch arc. Once that was done, it was done. They never came back in 
anywhere in the last eight episodes. So I think you could have cropped that out, maybe kept Spice Girls and just built that tension with those first two or three episodes leading into this, and it would have been just as good, if right. not better. Right. Man. All right. We got one more episode to go. Anything you guys want to throw out there before we move on to these questions? Let's do it. Questions. I'm still hoping for the Bad Batch. Okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe like, hey, I predicted it earlier in the show. Maybe it'll come true. We'll find out. I mean, it is May the 4th, so we've already found out. (laughs) No. (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, All right. Hello there, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and resident John Williams one percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards and accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc., but the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of the Grammy Award-winning band, Toto. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. Let's dive into some of our our, uh, our questions from our friends, and we're going to start off with a voicemail from our friend Tyler Page. So let's go ahead and take a listen to this and answer his questions. Hey, Star Wars friends. It's uh, Tyler Page from Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and dive into two questions here for you. First is, uh, are there any differences between um, the story that we're seeing play out in Clone Wars versus the story that we were told about in Rebels from uh, Rex or in the Ahsoka novel? Uh, One thing I can see is uh, in Rebels, I believe Rex says he never tried to fight Ahsoka, but in Clone Wars we see that you know maybe he fired a couple shots here and there and sort of organized a search party. Uh, the second question I have is, what animated series do you guys want to see next? You know, I could see either Sabine and Ahsoka searching for Ezra coming to play. I think that's really ripe, but at the same time, I really see uh, you know Luke in post Return of the Jedi coming out. I think both of those are very, uh, very fruitful. So uh, just let me know what you guys think. Thanks. So thanks, Tyler, for sending that in. And uh, Josh, do you want to take the first part of that question? Because you you, you kind of spoke about it a little bit earlier. Um, what exactly did Rex say in Rebels? Because I know it, I know the quote verbatim. He said, I didn't betray my Jedi. And then he pointed to the scar on his head and said yeah. to just him and Wolf and Gregor took the chips out, which is kind of perfect because I r- literally just rewatched that episode uh, a couple yeah. of days ago. So it's very fresh in my mind. I mean, we kind of already addressed this. I think it's, um, you know, it doesn't really fit, but I can see how you could frame it so that in his mind with her giving him, you know, the OK, like you, it's not your fault kind of thing. Um, and then the fact that he went. I'm I'm guessing we're going to go on to see him help her escape. So then 
you know, yeah. the little bit that he did turn on her wasn't his fault. And then also he's going to help her escape. So I kind of kind of negates the little bit of shooting that he did is my that's my guess. Well, that, that was going to be my follow up question to Tyler's question was, do we feel that Rex was not? Do we feel that he was telling the truth to Kanan or do we feel that he was kind of uh, just saying what he had to say to Kanan and he's just kind of blanked that out from his memory that that insignificant amount of time well it was very significant but a short amount of time do we feel that he just blanked that out or did he lie to Kanan um I feel like he didn't lie to Kanan because I mean he fought it first and foremost yeah he gave her that clue so he gave her a clue and then I mean he's helping her now that the chip is gone so I feel like in his mind from his perspective he did not betray her. He helped her. Whereas the other clones have all fallen right for it. Good point. Yeah, that's that. I'd agree. It, he, he didn't consciously betray. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. That in, in hit. And I don't think he blanked it out because as soon as he woke up and realized the chip was out, he knew what it was. So his mind knows that the, what the chip did to all of his brothers and what the plant, like what, that order was. So I don't think he blanked it out, but I think when he's talking to Kanan, he's saying, I didn't consciously betray her. Mm. Whatever was done to us forced me to do it. And if, if that chip wasn't there and that order still came down, I wouldn't follow it. Yeah. I I wouldn't have tried to do that. So So I I think that's what he was getting at. I think we're all pretty unanimous in that then I'll, I'll I'll definitely back all you up on that. So the second part of Tyler's question was what do we want to see in animated series? I, he hit, he hit my number one, which is of course is Ezra, Sabine, Thrawn, Ahsoka. That is my number one. He hit also hit my number two, which is return of the Jedi Luke and Luke building up the Jedi, um, you know, the, I don't know, his academy. I mean, we never really learn exactly what that is. That's my number two. My number three, which would never happen and would look so much better in live action would be Old Republic. But I, I, I'm still holding out hope that they do an Old Republic cinematic. Um, but animated would be cool, too. I've already said, like, I, you know, the Sabine one, obviously, with, with Ahsoka is on my list. But, you know, I'm really interested in politics. So for me... Having a, a sh- an animated show on the inner workings of the Senate would really, really be amazing where I get Jar Jar Binks and uh, yes. Bail Organa and Lux, Lux and, uh, and all of them, you know, done in the style of the uh, West Wing, right? Where you've got <laughs> Palpatine what? and like, that would just be amazing, right? An animated like, I could, show? I, what? Oh my Are God. you going to watch it with subtitles too? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> the Lux Monteri. Uh, oh my God. Okay. Well, thanks, Justin. I think that would make yeah, me a yeah. fascinating there cartoon. Kids would love it on, on Friday <laughs> right. mornings. Yeah, right. The no. viewership would be great. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have two that I would like to see done. Um, I would love to see something done more with Duchess Satine because I oh, loved yeah. her character. Yeah. And I feel like there's definitely more of a story like her younger years um, that could definitely be kind of delving into. And then secondly, and this is never going to happen for so many reasons, uh, but I would love to see young Ben Solo. Oh, <laughs> like of his, course. Yeah, his, you're right. Yes. Um, I mean, we got the comics, which gave us a great teaser, but I really just want to see like his actual childhood and like 
his relationship with his parents and that entire period of time for both Han and Leia seems to be like an untapped period, especially with like uh, Claudia's book and stuff. There's just a lot. Right. There's a lot there. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you on that because I also want something else about Ben Solo that isn't the comic. Cause I did mm-hmm. not like the comic at all. I mean, I'm, I'm that guy. So I really, I do want to see an animated show about Ben Solo because I would love to see him interacting with Chewbacca and land uncle Lando and all that stuff. I think that would be cool. And, and it, and it is ripe for that. There is a giant, um, story gap there. So yeah, that, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to see that more than the politics show, Justin. I'm sorry. The Ben Solo, young Ben Solo Chronicles <laughs> <You don't- laughs> went out over politics. Let's see if Josh can bring it home and, and come up with something better than Ben Solo. Um, well, so I wanted to, I wanted to point out on that. If you, if you do a cartoon, uh, about Luke post return of the Jedi, you might end up getting young Ben Solo in that show. Yes. 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 Um, Good call. And so you can kind of like, um, make both sides of that, of that argument of the fandom happy, but then also, um, to take Justin's shit posting and make it a little bit (laughs) worse. I'm going to say, let's do a full reboot of the Ewok cartoon and the droids cartoon. <laughs> yes. Finally, you're that would, that would you've be come more interesting to than mine. The dark side. I'm so happy that you <laughs> that you brought up something I love so much. Thank you. How about Ewok politics? Oh Ooh. no, dude. No. We already have an Ewok slicer, which is just like the weirdest character of all time. Ewok politics. They're like <laughs> trading magic beans and like, you know, like weird, you know, weird yeah, yeah, horror stuff. Yeah, dude. But I'm all for Ewoks. They want to bring Ewoks back. That's cool. I, I just don't I can't get behind Jar-Jar. the Ewok slicer. That's just the weirdest thing. No, no, I just don't no. want to see like Jar Jar proposing like what Naboo's like planetary <laughs> is or like and what other galactic knows. events that he can put <laughs> right. into motion. Yeah, no, right. we'll see. Uh, uh, all right. So that's a great question from Tyler Page. Thank you very much Tyler. for sending that in. We did get an email from our Star Wars friend, Mike Harris. Let's go ahead and read that right now. This episode was incredible. Kiner outdid himself in this season and this episode in particular. It was anxiety inducing. Filoni is putting the perfect bittersweet end to this series that has been in our lives for 12 years. This arc needs to be stitched together in some way. It would be amazing to see if it should as a film. Honestly, I had more feelings watching this episode than any other Star Wars in recent memory. That's saying something. Thanks for all the great content, keeping it upbeat and positive. You're all of our Star Wars friends. That's from Mike Harris. So thank you, Mike. Well said. I I loved Mm -hmm. that. Everything about that email made me very happy. So I think spot on analysis of what's going on. I will agree with him. Uh, I know that there's some of our Star Wars friends that might um, <laughs> listen to this episode and call me out on Twitter. Um, I, I will I will definitely agree with him that this arc has been my favorite Star Wars uh, in recent memory. I mean, it, it, I'm not necessarily knocking um, Solo or Rogue One. I'm more so that's more of a directive towards... Um, the sequel trilogy uh, Mandalorian for me is still the story is incomplete. Do I love Mandalorian a lot? Hell yeah. Rebels. Hell yeah. Uh, but the sequel trilogy, I, I think that that's what Mike might've been going after. Um, and yes, we will be doing our rise of Skywalker recap show. And now that Maggie is officially on the star Wars friends, I am very happy to have this conversation to bring home um, multiple 
views from the fandom <laughs> and from the community. But Maggie, you're going to find that I'll probably relate to you more more than not. So thank uh, God. I watch it in the hospital. Oh, you I did, did rewatch, rewatch it? it finally. Yes. <laughs> You just had one of the greatest moments of your life and you went ahead and put on Rise of Skywalker. You are a yeah. strong, brave person. So um, I did not watch it with her, though. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to. This is not going to add first to Star her Wars. suffering. No, oh I was like, God. this is not going to be your first Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So that's a great email from Mike Harris, our good Star Wars friend. We did get another email from Scott. So I'll go ahead and read that. There are a couple questions in here. It looks like. Hello there. In oh, General Hello Kenobi. There. Uh, yeah, Hello sorry. There. Yeah, I, I, I totally missed that. Uh, <laughs> in Shattered, we have two parts that look like they were very much inspired, taken from Rogue One. Number one, Maul causing chaos in the hallway like Vader in Rogue One. Two, Ahsoka saying, I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. Mm-hmm. I thought I heard, maybe on your podcast, that Dave and or George said that this season of The Clone Wars was plotted, written way back when season six was being produced. If that's true, do you think that maybe the mall scene in the hallway had already been mapped out and maybe Rogue One used that scene with Vader to help save the movie? There were lots of rumors, rewrites, reshoots for Rogue One, with the whole changing of directors and reshoots reportedly happening after that. Do y'all think maybe Rogue One actually used those pieces of this season of The Clone Wars, thinking that it would never actually be produced? Staying caffeinated, Scott. So this is pretty um, pretty fascinating. I... Okay, number one, I've definitely made some comments on this show about how I thought that they may have written parts into this season based on the cinematic, maybe not the other way around. So that's an interesting way to think about it. Like I said, the, the visualization of Kessel... I thought that was probably put in after solo. Like, you know, they did write all this stuff out. Yeah. So Dave and George had this mapped out for years. Do I think that they altered some things based on cinematic? Maybe. I mean, that's, I mean, that's fair. That's a fair point. Do I, do I think that Tony Gilroy was like, yo dude, put this mall scene in there. It's going to be bananas. Um, Cause I'm going to do it with Vader. I, I don't know. That's, I think they probably, I think the mall scene came after the Vader scene because they saw how impressive it was. I, I don't know. That's just my that's just my thought. I'm not right or wrong, but I definitely think that there was some crossover from the cinematic to this to the season of Clone Wars. Uh, but yeah, most number one, most to me, the one that they put in there post cinematic was Kessel and the interpretation of Kessel. Because as Josh mentioned on the show, it used to be a potato. Um, in the expanded universe. So it was a potato planet and you know, now it's this lush green, also very orange and yellow, weird ass planet. So what do y'all think about, about what Scott posed to us here? I never know how much, um, like stock to put in reshoots and all that stuff. Like I, I think that people, I know that sometimes some of that stuff is related to drama, but then I think also like the just the entertainment media likes to spin things that way even when it's not um you know oh someone's changing or they had to do something different there must be like Kathleen Kennedy must have done something or like you know there's always like <laughs> there's some always, sort of yeah. um from so, the shadows yeah. always and it's or and whatever, it's hard to yeah. tell with these kind of things too because Star Wars is very self-referential so it would make it could make sense either way that um, they put something in Rogue One because they already did it in Clone Wars or vice versa. Like it's poetry. Know. It rhymes, yeah. right? That's what yeah. George Lucas always said. Yeah. So it's That's hard exactly to say what I was going to say. Oh, really? I stole your point. I'm sorry, Maggie. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that great clip of George in a prequel uh, production meeting where, you know, he, he continues to call it poetry. And that's what Star Wars is. That's why I also had such a hard time with the sequel trilogy. And it's it did not reference at all Anakin Skywalker. Um, I mean, very it was very minimal, if anything. So, anyways, that's another show. Yes, listeners, we are going to do that Rise of Skywalker recap show. I just I'm getting <laughs> any chance I can to talk about it. I will. Um, so, this is definitely a great email from from Scott, and he d- he hit on a lot of those points. The Rogue One homage uh, was fantastic, as we talked about earlier. All right, we do have a couple more here. We did get an email from Cam Ray, who is a uh, a very active voice in the Star Wars community, supports a lot of Star Wars podcasts out there. So I'm glad that, to get this email from Cam. Hey guys, just wanted to throw out a question after this week's next level episode of Clone Wars. If Mace Windu had not acted like a typical trash master Windu and had treated Ahsoka with respect, and if Ahsoka shared what Maul told her in regards to Anakin, would Mace have perhaps taken backup with him to confront Palpatine or even called Anakin back to the temple? Or by now, was Anakin doomed even if his final turn was delayed? Thanks for a great podcast, and may the force be with you. Cam Ray. So thanks for sending that in. Justin, you want to take this one? Yeah, I... So... I, I think, well, first of all, he did bring backup with him to face the emperor. He brought Stacey Teen and Kit Fisto. Yeah, yeah but they were like, st- they were like C and D level Jedi, man. They were like, <laughs> but yes, should they have How put up a better on fight? Kit Fisto. <laughs> Fisto you seen him rib. with his shirt off? He Come is, on. No, he is ripped. He's ripped. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> um, Where's the like romance the fanfic for Kit Fisto? Let's get Fisto's that Fisto's in the gym at the Jedi Temple <laughs> just all the time. Dude. He's the bro. He's, he's the like bro getting, Jedi. He's, the, yeah. he's, he's like the bro Jedi. Right. Oh, God. He did bring backup, and I think. I think at this point, uh, Anakin was already doomed at that point, like leaving him behind. Agreed. I don't think he was going to take him because he has that conversation in the hangar with him that if this is actual and it comes out to be what it is, then you will have earned my respect. Right. So he was wait. Windu was like, no, dude, I'm going to go deal with this. You stay here when I come back. If that's a factual then then you've got respect for me right right? now we're cool right and and you can be a jedi master not just on the council so i you know i think that would have i think he was set in his ways and i don't think if ahsoka told him what was going on i don't think he would have had any different level of respect for ahsoka than what he did anakin because he clearly didn't trust anakin at all and he doesn't like anybody no he had very yeah, he had very minimal dealings with um, Ahsoka, at least from what we saw in the Clone Wars right. overall. So he who's probably, he, he to sit there and go? He probably just likes Ahsoka merely by her proximity to Anakin. That could be too, right? Oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah. you're a friend of his, then I don't trust you either. And I, I don't think it would have grown at all if she just said, hey, Darth Sidious is Emperor Palpatine. Don't <laughs> go confront him by yourself or get Yoda or get somebody yeah, else. Yeah. We need to act on this quick. I don't think it would have changed. I, I don't, I really don't. He would have acted the same way and said, Nope, sorry. I'm, I'm going to go do it. Anakin's it, off doing this and, and so, Obi-Wan's doing this. So I'm going. So let's do the, what if, if, if Yoda and Mace went to go confront the chancellor at the time, it was the chancellor. Would Yoda have pulled the trigger? over mace or would yoda have been resistant as well do you think yoda would have had that switch and would have would have taken out the chancellor i think he probably would have i don't a think loose so. cannon that yoda i don't think i don't so. think so either i, I, don't I think, think so the either. only reason he fought him in the the senate building was because he had already like killed mace Windu. he already or, turned 
Yeah. Gary turned and everyone was dead. I mean, it was crazy. Um, that's just another. But, I mean, if he's I mean, if he's with him in the beginning and he sees all this going on, I, I think he would have said, "No, we have to defeat him. We have to strike him down. There's no way we're going to be able to hold this guy." Yeah. I mean, shoot, you cut Maul in half in in Phantom uh, uh, Menace, and he still lived, and and Yoda knew about that. Like this Sith is way stronger than Darth Maul, yeah. and he's known this Sith has been around since episode one you gotta chop him in half the other way you're not yeah you're not gonna take this guy prisoner you need to defeat him and i think at that point if he lunges at him and lets out that scream and starts sword fighting yoda's gonna (laughs) chop him down he's not gonna sit there and point a lightsaber at him says no you're under arrest he's gonna take him down that sidious corkscrew move is one of my is one of the funniest things of all time uh so maggie what did you did you have a point you wanted to make on cam's uh email here I was just going to say that Anakin was definitely already too far gone. I mean, yeah. just reflecting back on Revenge of the Sith at that point. Is there anything that gone. could have turned him, though? Do you think that there's anything that could have turned Anakin if, I mean, at that, even at that moment, was there something that could have happened? Maybe Ahsoka herself. Yeah. I th- maybe that's what they're alluding to in these episodes. Yeah. You know, where, where she was just so, like, ready to say something and just didn't. Maybe that's yeah. what it was, you know, that regret is going to live with her for the rest of her life. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh, I mean, it makes the we've talked about this on previous episodes. It makes that. Um, what what was that episode in Rebels? I, I never remember. Is it Twilight Apprentice? That's the uh, where Ahsoka confronts Vader. Yeah, for the Twilight first time. of the Apprentice. Yeah, the two yeah. Twilight the of the Apprentice of yes. uh, season two. That adds some this all of this adds some serious weight to that. And um, man, it's just so heavy. So that was a great that was a great email from Cam Ray. So thank you for sending that in, Cam. And then we do have one more voicemail I want to play here. This is from Greg Cass, who's a great follow on Twitter. You should all follow at Ion Cannon. Um, That is not Ion like Ion Cannon. It's (laughs) like your eyeballs. It's Ion Cannon. Uh, So go ahead and follow Greg over there. Yeah, great wordplay. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Greg's voicemail here. Hi, Star Wars friends. Uh, happy early Star Wars Day to you. This is Greg or at Ion Cannon on Twitter. Just wanted to send a quick message with some thoughts on Shattered. Looking forward to hearing what you all thought. Um, but I thought this was yet another slam dunk of an episode. Um, and the real standout for me this time around was actually Kevin Kiner with the music. Um, I thought the sequence where uh, Maul and Ahsoka were kind of settling in on the starship and you could hear the echoes of Anakin in the council chamber deciding his fate were just incredible and it made me think kiner showing us how the force feels in that moment that kind of pregnant moment before everything goes uh and goes loose and, and gets crazy so um it just made me think about what would your favorite kevin kiner moments be if this is really the end of our our time with him as a star wars composer what would be your top uh moments across all the shows thanks all right, so thank you, Greg, for sending that in. I'm going to defer to our resident John Williams, one percenter, <laughs> Mr. Josh. I mean, this is a mantle that you've bestowed upon yourself. Actually, Spotify bestowed it on you. You didn't. This it's not true. even self-declared. This is true. You are um, makes it more legitimate. <laughs> you've been declared. It's very <laughs> legitimate. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, if if and the question's pretty great. Like, what is what are your favorite Kevin Kiner moments? Now. I don't know the names of the compositions and I can't remember the episodes that they were in, but what are your just thoughts on Kevin Kiner and compared to John Williams? Well, I didn't really start to pay attention to it until this season. Um, But this whole season, it's been like his use of already existing, like 
themes has been perfect thinking about like ahsoka coming down the ramp and r2 going over to him and then playing a little bit of the force theme or twin sons as you would call it which i think is also an appropriate title for that um but i mean this episode was like his master class so far and i'm i'm wondering if like this next one will will be even better it's it and this one i think with the dark tone really speaks to me because two of my favorite um like John Williams tracks ever are Anakin's betrayal and Anakin's dark deeds were tr- oh, are both yeah, ones yeah. where Anakin's just tearing shit up in revenge of the Sith. Um, so I actually saw someone online. I, th- I want to say maybe it was Lauren from Galac- galactic podcast, or it might've been Maggie saying that like, this is Kevin kind. This is like Kevin Kiner should be the person who starts doing the films. Now that John, you know, is retiring, oh. like the heir apparent. Was that yeah. you, Maggie? It was not, but okay. I agree with that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was Lauren. And then right as I was saying that, I was like, oh, God, if it was Maggie and I'm saying the wrong person in front of her. <laughs> no, I think that I think that was Lauren. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm not super big into like knowing who composes things. So like music stuff will never be coming from me at all. Yeah. Unless it's uh, Ludwig Gorenson, which I'm pretty sure I'm a 100%. Dude, I listen to the Mandalorian soundtrack every day, like all day. It's so good. The soundtrack of my life. It's so good. It's so good. I I will say that I do like Kevin Kiner's Bad Batch theme. Um, Yes. I I thought that was really well done. But as far as like individual Kiner compositions, I don't know what they are. I just... And I don't even and I can't even credit him right now because I didn't do the research. I wasn't prepared for this question because we just listened to it live. Um, I, I will just say if Kiner has done everything in Clone Wars, there's some really fantastic compositions out there. But I can't point to what the names are or what the episodes are. Um, I think he did. And Justin, you might be amused by this. He did that little um, goofy military sound for that little. What's that little alien guy that you love so much that led the droids out in the desert? You know oh, what I'm talking about? God. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, a little, yeah, yes, a little I can't guy. think of his name right now. <laughs> I can't think of his name either. But there General was a something or other. There was a yes. goofy little military. It was like almost like a uh, uh, like a circus theme almost that if that was kinder, that was pretty fun because it really added to the absurdity of that of that episode. I I think that he he'd be a good pick moving forward too, just because he's able to create his own stuff while still paying homage in all the right places to the original themes. And it'd be really interesting for me to hear him with like a full orchestra instead of with like whatever digital music they use for these cartoons. Cause I, th- I think all of this stuff would sound even, even better that way. What about John Powell from solo star Wars story? I thought that solo soundtrack was fantastic. That's my second. So if we want to go like new era, Disney era soundtracks, I rank last Jedi soundtrack tops. And then I go solo star Wars story. Second, I thought John Powell did a really fantastic job um, with that. I expected more out of the rise of Skywalker soundtrack. um, But there is that one. Not great. It's not great, but there is a there is a theme and I forget what it is. It's it's like Ray something Um, that theme. I'd have to look back at exactly what that is, and I'll try to remember it for the next episode. But there is a theme on that that is like incredible. It really John Williams really did a lot on that, but it was like Ray's something or other. I don't know what the heck it was. But anyways, Maggie, do you have any thoughts on Kevin Kiner and his composition before we blow this thing and get out of here? No, I think it sounded really good this season on Clone Wars. Yeah, he oh, yeah. uh 
Yeah, he's really on. good. He's really good. So um, great question. Thank you for sending that in, Greg, at Ion Cannon. So definitely appreciate it. We've talked a lot of Clone Wars. It's May the 4th. We got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot of, well, I'm going to shop for one thing. I'm going to get those Ahsoka ears. So that's what I'm after. Uh, but with Tomorrow that. morning. Yeah, we're going to well, do it. We're going to do it today morning, right? With that, we're going to blow this thing and get out of here. All right, another marathon session, Clone Wars recap in the books. We only have one more to do, and then we can start having the most absurd Star Wars podcast ever. We can stop doing episode recaps. We can just go off into uncharted territory. So, unknown um, region. This was... This was crazy. This is crazy. And to think that we have watched the Clone Wars for over, I mean, I mean, years, years. years. It's it's 12 years. I was going to say over a decade. Yeah. And here it is coming to an end. It's pretty crazy. There. um, Or is it? Or is it? Good question. We might. Uh, But to see Ahsoka's character growth over this, this is my that's my best takeaway from the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's just. It's not over. We got one more episode. We got the finale. And I'm, no, I'm, it's over. It's over. Well, that's right. It is over. It is over. It's technically, as we're recording this episode, it's actually technically over in Australia. And a lot of my Australian yeah, friends I've seen are tweeting. Yep. And I'm like, yo, David oh, Sinclair. No. Shh. Hey, uh, what's, what's her handle? It's uh, Mandalorian. Don't post the spoilers. Please don't do it. So um, the show title. Like, what's the next <laughs> one's titled? Oh, no. Like, oh, don't do it. Australia, don't. Don't do us dirty. Uh, so anyway, scrolled on. I was like, no, keep going. <laughs> this has been great. I, you know, I'm wondering when we're going to get the actual finale recap show out. We're going to try to get it out this week before our live chat show, but we'll see how, uh, how all of our schedules work. It's going to be a busy week for all of us, but we will be doing another live chat show this upcoming Saturday. Look for the details for that on SW friend show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want to listen to previous episodes, we did get a, an email saying, Hey, you guys didn't do an, a Mandalorian episode three recap show. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. It's in it's in the recap. You go back to StarWarsFriends.com. Uh, Kyle, actually, if Kyle was on, he'd be able to tell you exactly what episode we had our Man- Mandalorian Episode 3 recap on. But it's there. We promise you. You can find all of our past episodes, and including an interview with our now regular host, Maggie Lovett, on StarWarsFriends.com. So you can hear her Star Wars origin stories. If this is the first time you've heard Maggie on the show, go ahead and listen to that. But I am definitely excited for May the 4th and everything else coming up. On, and we need something positive to look forward to in this COVID era. Um, and as always, if you're struggling, if you're looking for someone to talk to, you want to talk Star Wars, you're depressed, something's going on, hit us up at show at starwarsfriends.com. Join our community on social. We are very active. We want to talk to you. And speaking of that, you can find me and all my incredible Star Wars takes at Known as Chris. <laughs> Where can they find you guys? I'm Josh, and I'm Battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. I'm Maggie, and you can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. Fantastic. And Maggie is also a writer for the, for those who don't know. If this is your first time learning about Maggie, where can they find your articles at, Maggie? You can find my articles over on Your Money Geek. I just became the managing editor of Entertainment, and that means lots of Star Wars. Woo-hoo! Oh, 
Oh yeah, love it. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And you can see all those articles retweeted on SW Friend Show Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. All right. Well, we're almost there. We're almost there. One more. I kind of want to go back and rewatch Shattered, but I don't. (sighs) If I go back and do it again, it'll be the fourth time. (laughs) Same. Yeah, I've watched it three times. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. All right. Well, y'all. Have a have a good break in between now and the finale episode. Try to get some rest. Bring the tissues. We'll all have our therapy session together on the next Star Wars Friends episode. Uh, all right. Well, deep breaths. May the force be with you. Always. Always. Later, y'all. Hey, friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you. Star Wars Friends.